fellas, have you started spring cleaning yet? The carpets need cleaning, the drapes need dusting, and your lawn needs mowing. Spring has sprung, and the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming have the best tools for cleaning aisle five in your pants. Time to clean out your winter bush and join the other four million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FRATCHAT. No, no, we're, we're recording. Look to the camera. What are you doing? See, oh, God. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> the show is ruined. God damn it. All right, Timmy. That's it. You're fired. Well, I it told used you. to go three, <laughs> two, one. Well, we still do that, but it's coming after uh, our initial jibber jabbering that the people have come to know and love. You know, they're like, wow, what are they going to say? It's going to be something really funny. You know, it's like usually, it's usually like me, of course, like I'm the funny one. You know? Okay. Is that the story you're going with? <laughs> um, by the way, your bowl is literally the color of puke. My bowl? Yeah. Your weed like, bowl? Oh, my, my bowl. Like yeah, if I were to describe what color that is, it, I would just say puke. That is kind of pukey. It's like orange pukey, but it has like these weird lights and I'm not totally going to show it to everybody in case the kids are watching this, yeah. you know, and I want to steer them wrong, you know, because there's better bowls that they can buy. So I don't necessarily want them to buy oh, this bowl. So, beautiful. Mine is you know, amethyst. That's why I don't want to show it to them. You know, I want to show them like a pretty good bowl. Uh, and this one's all right. It's all right. It gets a little clogged easily, which I don't like, you know, so kids, if you're going to get high, make sure you spend the money is what I'm going to tell you. <laughs> No, kids, you don't have to spend money to get high. You just have to be attractive. That's true, but you still want to buy a piece. Or maybe if you're just good looking enough, someone will buy you a bowl. That's true. Someone you did buy me a bowl. Like, once, hey, but- like, listen, I've had COVID. I'm good. Can I take can I put my mouth on that? <laughs> <laughs> can I get a hit? <laughs> Works every time. Well, yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna do this in uh, three. What? What are you doing? Testies in my mouth. Get on the ground, you fucking pledge. Ew. Welcome to the greatest podcast experience of your life. This is the Frat Chat Podcast. All young men like three things. Dude. Dude. Featuring Carlos Garcia and Chris Moore. And what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the greatest podcast in the history of podcasting time. Now ready to start another set of 100 episodes. It's the Fratchap Podcast. How's it going, Mr. Moore? I feel fantastic. How are you? I am living the dream. This is episode 101, which means it's like a whole new start for us. It's like a whole new, like, shabam, man. It's almost like a like a happy new year for us, and it's April, so that just means, like, I can, like, come up with, like, maybe, like, New Year's resolutions that I will not keep. It could be Easter resolutions. Ooh, that's true. Do it for Jesus. Do it for Jesus. But, like, do people – did you do Lent, for example? Do people do Lent still? Um, I don't identify as being Catholic. I identify as being gay. And, <laughs> and I'm not willing to give up anything. <laughs> that's fair enough. Uh, that's totally fair enough. And, uh, you know, if anything, Jesus uh, would want me to hang out with you, but apparently the church would be like, give up your gay friend. <laughs> so it makes no sense. Yeah. <laughs> Especially because Jesus had like a pretty fun crew hanging out with him. So I don't know what the church is all like hoity-toity. He hung out like a hooker, you know, and all the other ones were like some rich, like, you know, like I don't understand. Fuckers. Jesus hung on wood and he's our savior. I yeah. hang on wood and I'm a slut faggot. Yeah, not cool. It doesn't make any sense to me. Not cool, church. Not cool, church. Uh, by the way, Ugh. I do like uh, our matching uh, tank tops almost. Uh, Color. Pro wrestling based, of course, but it is uh, cool that, uh, you know, great minds think alike. Uh, Mine's an undershirt. I had a sweater on. I, I was just hot. 
Oh yeah, I just uh, wore this like for the last like seventy two hours. Uh, oh nice! <laughs> I had a show last night and I wore it there. And I how'd it go? Like, oh, it went great. It went great. I've been, uh, I've been in a pretty good groove recently, man. I've been pretty feeling pretty good, pretty loosey goosey. I used to get really anxious back in my early years before shows and now i get like i still get like nervous but like in a good way you know what i mean like it's yeah but when you wear that sweater that says special olympics everyone's gonna (laughs) laugh because they feel bad they don't that's true it's very strategic i really i admire your initiative before we continue the show i wanted to talk a little bit about noom Noom uses the latest in behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching on their platform to help millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. A lot of people face pressures to change themselves to fit other people's expectations, and the more freeing solution is to find things that work for you. Noom understands that everyone's weight loss journey is unique, and what works for someone else doesn't mean it'll work for you. That's why Noom's approach adapts to your lifestyle. It's flexible and focuses on progress, not perfection, allowing you to work toward goals at a pace that's comfortable for you. Noom Weight makes it easy to start your weight loss journey and stay on track with personalized lessons to help you gain confidence and practical knowledge, one-on-one coaching, and a cognitive behavioral approach that teaches you how to be mindful of your habit. 75% of Noom Weight users finish the program, and more than 60% of users that engaged with their program kept the weights off for a year or more. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at Noom.com slash Believe. Again, that's Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash Believe. B-L-E-A-V. Um, I didn't mean to do this character named Dewick Melbyra. Oh, God. And I remember <laughs> someone reached out to this, this show that I did a while back and said that they thought I was making fun of special needs. I literally just had a speech impediment. And they thought that I was like the devil's brother, you know. <laughs> Well, is that Huh? Is that before you had the, all the surgery? Because if so, that would explain it. You know? This was after. Oh. Uh, I was I was like uh I handed out resumes that I handwritten. Yeah. And I like photocopied them and I and I got coffee stains on them, but I handed them out to everyone and I was like I was like, no one worry. Uh it's definitely not coffee. Oh, and everyone yeah. was like, hell. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm looking for employment. I'm hoping that you're going to be hiring in your location. I'm very familiar with high fashion retail. I worked at Hashkash Bagash as a fitting room consultant. You know, so like, I was just rambling on about nonsense. But apparently, people thought I was making fun of special needs. It was literally just like a kid with a speech impediment. But I'm an asshole. I mean, the poop thing maybe but that was them you know Simo poops himself all the time and he's, and he's got special <laughs> needs so oh. that's them being judgmental <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know i i remember i said something like i was like um my entire life i thought my father drove for nascar but it turns out i was just a domino's truck <laughs> <laughs> everyone was like oh derek <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I I, I kind of love Dewick. <laughs> Dewick Miller was just trying so hard to get oh, poor. good work in America, <laughs> and everybody kept thinking he was special needs. <laughs> oh Lord, uh, I think that Derek needs a, a comeback, and I think we should make that happen here at the French Hat Podcast. Maybe, maybe we'll need to do a story time in America. <laughs> Despite my upbringing in Little Italy, I assure you that I'm definitely a American citizen. <laughs> but anyways, uh, make sure you guys get your tickets to the greatest comedy show of all time, you guys. We are coming back to Broadway Comedy Club on Friday, April 29th at 7 p.m. 
So you get your tickets at tiny.cc slash greatest comedy show. Use promo code FRATCHAT to save 15%. Or you can buy them at the Broadway Comedy Club website as well. We got myself in that show. We got Mr. Mo hosting this bitch. We got Veronica Garza, who you've heard on this show. We got my buddy, my good buddy and friend, Barack Ziv, who uh, does my Just Kidding sketches with me. And we have the great... Kali Raman, who's been on Conan. We got Chloe Radcliffe, who's been on Fallon headlining this biatch, and it's going to be awesome. So make sure you guys come out and play. It's going to be a great show, and then we're going to boogie after. So come out, get your tickets, tiny.cc slash great comedy show, or check out the Broadway Comedy Club website, broadwaycomedyclub.com. Oh, yeah. And now for a totally random thought from Simo, brought to you by the Frat Chat Podcast. Man, do you ever just feel like if Florida is so like anti everything that the United States does, why can't Florida be its own little state? It's about the same size as, as like Cuba or like Puerto Rico or whatnot, right? Can we just like get rid of it? Yeah, but where are you going to go for spring break? You know, you can't let Florida... Puerto Rico? That's true. I would like to go to Puerto Rico for spring break. Why can't Puerto Rico be a state and Florida is not a state? They should just do a switcheroo. Well, I don't know if Puerto Rico wants to necessarily be a state because they also want to be like their own thing, but it's complicated. It's complicated. Hmm. Who else would make a good state? Uh, no, that's how colonialism spreads, Simo. So let's not have the white man start contemplating these things on the Fred Chat podcast, okay? Hmm. You take it. You guys have taken enough. Cut it out. I'm wondering this, about the Virgin Islands. This is how Napoleon started, Simo, and then look what happened. Uh, you know, when I hear Napoleon, I don't think dynamite. I don't think of the like the Russian guy. He's like short. He was not right? Russian. He was French. Napoleon Bonaparte was definitely French. Bonaparte. Oh, okay. But um, no, I think of I think of ice cream. Even though I know it's, Nepo- it's, it's Neapolitan, <laughs> but I, I don't know why. But whenever I hear Napoleon, I just think, I think I want some ice cream, cherry, <laughs> vanilla, and chocolate ice cream. <laughs> or is it strawberry? Oh it's pink. my god! Yeah, I, th- I think it's strawberry, but I hated that one. I would, I would have like the chocolate side and leave everything else. It's <laughs> the shit. <laughs> Especially if it shit? came like like usually come like that sideways yeah. and I would definitely just scoop out the fucking chocolate side and then my dad would open it to get some and he'd be so pissed <laughs> who is the goddamn chocolate you know I used to do I used to put my my hand into the box of cereal and like dig down in there and I'd be like uh uh my greasy fucking <laughs> sticky fingers <laughs> and pull out the little like toy Okay, thanks. See you later. <laughs> and then he sneezes into his hands. <laughs> As your dad's like eating the cereal. <laughs> my grandma growing up, my dad would be so mad to hear this. But she used to always like drop stuff on the floor or like or like drop things on the counter or whatever, and just like pick it up and throw it in the pan, like lick her fingers, like didn't care. Because when you when you grew up during like the Great Depression, like what are germs? You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, because if you right. had like chicken pox, everyone would, they would have like a chicken pox party. Like everyone come over to their house. Just we get want chicken all our kids pox. to get chicken pox and just totally. get it over with, you know? Totally. So I like, feel like everyone's like, like uh, germs. You know, like when your uncle had that, that herpes spread and I was like, let's have that orgy. But I was like, no, I don't think we're like party, <laughs> party at Chris's house. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to start with Twister. Clothing and optional. <laughs> we'll do some slip inside, except um, <laughs> instead of the backyard, it's going to be in his mouth. <laughs> Dad, my brother and I had chicken pox at the same time. And I just remember having needing that fucking calamine lotion, I think it is. Because that shit was itchy. And I just wanted to fucking ah, itch it so hard. And it was not cool. Now they have like, like shots and stuff for that. Yeah, right. Isn't it chicken box shots? Like, no one gets it anymore. Mm. 
I wonder box. if these weirdos who are like, you can't make me take a vaccine shot. I wonder if they were also like, you can't make me take a measles shot or hepatitis or chicken pox or smallpox or none of that shit. Nah, it no. wasn't a thing until Fox News told them to make it a thing. But they were all getting vaxxed. So. My my friend at work, he was like Fox News is hypocritical, yes. Totally. We suck. My my coworker, he's like, I get my haircut at this place and my barber was like, Can you believe the government's trying to make my wife, who's a teacher, take the vaccine? I told her, like, we're like we gotta find a new job for her. And <laughs> my coworker's like, um, I buy cocaine from this guy. He literally puts things in his nose, not knowing what's going to happen with the fentanyl like outbreak. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not like a care in the world, but like a shot to keep you from getting sick. He's like, whoa, that's where I draw the line. <laughs> you know? Drugs? Yes. <laughs> you got any coke? approved medication? No way. <laughs> My body is a temple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yikes, man. People are so fucking weird. Dude, yeah. It's it's always the people who do this. And and it's like drinking like chugging like Diet Coke and all this other, you know. <laughs> um, by the way, this is so random. Just looking at my hair in, in, in the camera. And earlier today at work, um, someone was like, Ooh, there's all these there's all these pubes uh, around the toilet seat. And I was like, Ew, that's gross. And then, like, I went to go pee later, and I was looking at the hair. It's just, like, two strands of hair on the back of the toilet. And I was like, I think that's just my hair. Not pubic hair. It's just my hair. Your little Annie-looking fucking hair right now. But I guess guess people think it looks like pubes. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it kind of does. Long and curly. It definitely looks like someone who has not been used to their manscaped, you guys. So make sure you use promo code FRATCHAT. And say twenty percent get free shipping on Manscaped products. Yeah, I love their lip. That wasn't even planned either. Manscaped. That's why they love us because I just come in off the cuff like a fucking cool ass gunslinger from the west, right? And I just like boom, Manscaped. Speaking of gunslinging, I like to thank our other sponsor, the NRA. Buy your guns, kids. Buy your guns. <laughs> Anyways, I think we've uh, jib-jabbed long enough. Because, Mr. Mo, I think the world recently has reminding us that there's quite a bit of a train wreck going on, you know, between the Will Smith slapping and, and the war in Ukraine and all these other crazy things going on. I just feel like it's kind of a bit of a shit show. So... We felt like we here at the Frat Chat Podcast should remind you guys that that's not nothing new. That's been the case all along because we're going to take you through some of the craziest shit shows, some of the wildest shit shows, some of the wackiest and funniest shit shows. I'm going to tell you the live events gone wrong over the year. Now, this is going to be fun. It's going to be cool. Yeah, this is going to be a little sexy or rare. I'm going to have quite... Lots of different events from sports to entertainment, you name it, we're gonna talk about it all. So, uh, we're gonna get in a little time machine again, Mr. Mo. Do you, do you, do you have the keys to the time machine, dude? Because I can't like find them. Timmy, do you have them? No, I can pick Timmy. a lock. I got I feel a like we need pin. to talk to Timmy more because now, like. Like now, like he really looks out of it. Like now, he just like sits there, and I just like now he knows not to uh, expect to be asked any questions. So he just like looks like really like like out of it. Like the stuff that the guy that he hangs out with under the bridge gives him might be meth. I can't tell if he's like a starving artist or just starving. Or he's a meth head. Yeah, I don't know. Special Cause, needs. Because he doesn't like, you know, like draw anything or like have any particular Something's talent. Something's just not like, right with him. He doesn't do comedy. He doesn't sing. He doesn't act. He doesn't. He doesn't really know what he's doing with the editing board. So I had to do most of it. He just like sits there. And yeah, I think he might just have a problem. Yeah, I think, I think he we is just the problem. Yeah, and maybe I, think, I just. 
I think that I don't we're think we're hiring universe. like the right people here because uh, Jimmy also seemed to have a bit of a problem, and then he I ended think, up being. I a think communist. that we're doing their moms a favor. That's true. Are we taking drugs? We got Jimmy deported. Or are we babysitters? <laughs> That's true. That's true. And this is we're teaching them the cold hard way of the world, just like these crazy events that we're going to talk about next. That things can go crazy at any given time. And they just got to be ready. Have you ever nicked yourself down there the same day as the big night out with a special someone? Ooh, that can surely make a guy feel self-conscious. Because everybody knows that the wrong-looking nick down there can make your partner think you need a trip to the STD clinic. So you want to make sure you got the right tools for the job. Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning this year. The Performance Package 4.0 is the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did we mention it's waterproof as well? No need to worry about watering your grass with this tool. It's equipped with an LED light, so you know it'll be a major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. And after clearing your nose, make sure to get rid of that foul ball smell with the Crop Reserver and Crop Reviver. The Crop Reserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Crop Reviver is a spray-on toner for your balls. Keep your boys from sticking to your leg and leave them smelling like fresh flowers. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using your lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. Mm-hmm. And the start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Smell oh so fresh and oh so clean this spring and check yourself before you wreck yourself. And get 20% off plus free shipping with the code FRATCHAT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code FRATCHAT at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Anyways, let's get to it, Mr. Mo. Let's, let's get started. Uh, well, you've been around longer because, you know, CMO is like way, way older than me, you guys. Like mm-hmm. At least like 20, 30 years. So you probably remember uh, further back than I do. So I'll give you the keys uh, to the time machine here. Uh, and then you drive us back, far back as you remember. Okay. Well, we are all the way. Oh my back. God! Watch out for that guy! Jesus! Jesus! You got to slow down the time machine. I went to Jesus. the I went to the Julie driving school. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so so we're only six back people in, died <laughs> in April of 1986. I'm not sure wow. if you guys remember. My brother was born. Let's see. I was probably graduating college <laughs> with a degree in horse manure. Okay, so um, uh, in 1986, also known as theater, <laughs> also known as theater. Correct. In 1986, uh, there was this gentleman by the name of Geraldo Rivera, uh, who later had a talk show. Maybe he had a talk. Maybe he acquired a talk show after this fiasco. Uh, but uh, there was all this hype about Chicago gangsters and like the mob yeah. scene. So Al Capone is one of the most famous gangsters of Chicago. Like and said, Valentine's Day massacre happened there. Uh, oh my gosh, a lot of drama in Chicago. A lot of it happened because of prohibition, people sneaking around, all this booze. Look that shit up, you guys. Super gruesome, a lot of cool murders. <laughs> I lived in a building that also had a bunch of like murders uh by al capone and his friends really so it's a lot there's a lot of history in chicago so in april 1986 rivera and some of his team members uh had this like two hour long special to break into um this secret underground like room or vault 
uh, underneath Chicago's famed Lexington Hotel, um, where uh, I think Al Capone used to like, it was like headquarters for his like criminal organization. Okay. So they broke into this vault and there's all this hype and they're wondering what could be in there. Could it be like dead bodies? Could it be treasure? Could it be old artifacts, whatever? Um, guess what was in the vault? Drum roll. You're never going to believe it. Absolutely nothing. It was two hours long. And all of America tuned in to, for them to open the door and be like, oh, nothing. Dude, you couldn't Awful. fucking open it and, or plant something in it. Like, come on. Come on. Geraldo. Two years later, Geraldo Rivera had a talk show. And he invited a bunch of people from different backgrounds and beliefs to hash it out on stage. So I believe they had, so I think this episode was called Young Hate Mongers. And he had oh, like KKK people, like these white supremacists oh, on one side of the stage. And this other side of the stage, he had black civil rights activists. Uh, so um, they got in his argument, this fight ensued. And then all these audience members jumped on stage and they got involved. Uh, ultimately, a chair flew across the stage and hit Geraldo in the face, breaking his nose. Wow. So when you hear um, Geraldo Rivera, especially if you're older, like me, you think two things. You think, what a waste of two hours that vault opening was. And you also think, yeah. broken nose, you piece of shit. <laughs> That's what happens when you invite white supremacists and uh, put them in the same room with black civil rights activists. What do you think is going to happen? Like, yeah, what if you shouldn't fuck invite white supremacists anywhere? They're probably <laughs> friends of his. They play <laughs> golf together. Oh, Geraldo. What a fucking buffoon. Uh, so that anyways. was in the, the mid to late 80s. And then uh, this isn't really that big of a deal, I guess. But on SNL... In 1992, I think it's October 1992. Do you remember Sinead O'Connor, yeah, the bald buddy. bitch? She like shaved her head, <laughs> but it was yes, not I... alopecia. No, no, not alopecia. It was just an artistic choice. So don't get us, Will Smith. <laughs> she, she um, ripped a picture of the Pope on camera. And well, said, that would have been very controversial uh, back in that time. So she said, "Fight the real enemy." Right? Is that, is that what her quote was? Uh, something like that. But but I've, I don't, I'm not going to lie. I like that Pope. John Paul II. He was cool. She was like, nice guy. he got shot the real enemy. He's he wearing a cred. fucking dress. Yeah, that guy. No, I don't know what she <laughs> <laughs> that, guy was, that guy was a bad motherfucker. No, that, I don't remember another Pope in my lifetime getting shot. But I mean, I think he got shot before my lifetime, but you know, he was alive. But he got shot? Yeah, he really got shot. Some dude fucking shot him. He survived. And uh, then the guy, then the Pope ended up meeting him in jail and forgiving him. But you know, he's still. What a bitch. Don't do that. <laughs> he's the Pope. He has to do it for Jesus. But, you know, he you know he got a, he a few kicks to him in jail. And then the, guard, the guards held his arms back and the Pope <laughs> took a few swings in the <laughs> room. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> this is for Jesus. <laughs> this is for God. <laughs> he backhands him. <laughs> okay, now I forgive you. <laughs> Man. Kicks him in the nuts. <laughs> Sinead O'Connor had that song that nothing compares to you that was written by Prince, you know? But yeah. I don't know if people remember her for that. That was, I think in 1992, that was the number one song on oh, wow. the, I think that there was like the song of the year, maybe. But unfortunately, she's remembered for tearing a picture of the Pope. Maybe they had a bad breakup and she's just going to get past it. Okay, so a couple of years later, there's another infamous Speaking moment. of bad breakups. Uh, speaking of bad breakups. Okay, so there was someone named The Juice. And I'm referring to, oh, Jay Simpson. I remember watching this car chase. So... Fame murderer, by the way. I don't know why you're cheering him for him. Like, the next uh, oh, Chase, that's the, the juice. Uh, <laughs> he, he was like on top of the world this moment. Like, like when this all went down, he was like the it dude, right? He had mm-hmm. everything going for him. Uh, except for, I guess, 
a healthy a relationship. Healthy relationship. <laughs> <laughs> so, so he was in his like white Ford Bronco for two hours, holding a gun to his friend's head, a former teammate. No, to his Al. head, to his own head. Oh wait, I thought his friend was driving and he was holding a gun to his friend's head. His friend was driving, uh, but his friend loved him, and OJ had a gun to his own head. Because no one really cared about his friend, who's also a football player, but not like not famous. He he's like, he's gonna shoot himself. Oh, he's gonna shoot himself. And so people oh. just back up. Everybody loved the juice. <laughs> well, this is a two-hour-long car chase, and according to the Associated Press, almost ninety-five million Americans watched the chase unfold live on TV, and I was one of those. 95 million Americans, which made its cables high, making its cables highest rated program of the year in 1994. It interrupted the NBA finals live on TV, which is that's how big it was. The, the, the chase, the car chase was put on big screen and the, and the game on like a little bubble at the bottom. So that tells you how big OJ was, how big this was, that the NBA finals would cut away from that. But it's funny because well, it was not funny, but OJ Simpson was an incredible athlete. He was, and he was funny on a good actor. Like he was yeah, in uh, the naked gun movies. movies. Yeah. God, and, so funny. As Nurbur. He will always be remembered for me as the guy that murdered his wife yeah. and the car chase, the, the car yeah. chase that everyone stopped everything they were doing to watch this yeah. car flying down the like whatever you whenever you look at OJ now, he just looks like you know, like he knows the deal. <laughs> he, he, did he write a book like if I had done it? Yeah, done if it like I this. had done it. Not that I did, you guys, but if I Yikes. had, this is what I would have done. <laughs> what do you have on your list? I just rambled forever. So uh now we're gonna take a little trip to uh nineteen ninety-six. Oh, okay. yes. And I'm talking in my sexy voice because I'm going to talk about July 1996. And that's the year a sexy hottie streaks into Wimbledon. Oh, yeah. Timmy, hit the, hit the porn theme. Hit the porn theme, Timmy. He's just fucking just. Uh, Wait, I, I can do some porn music for you. How about this? <clears throat> How high does the sycamore grow? <laughs> if you cut it down, then you'll never uh, know. Wow, just like Father Thomas and used to play. I love it. I feel, I feel like I'm, I'm there. Great, thank you. So this works. So uh, Melissa Johnson, a 23-year-old student, became Wilmington's first streaker in 1996 during the men's singles final between Molly Vi Washington and Richard Krajicek at the famous tennis competition. Now, during the game, this really hot lady came out wearing like only an apron. And she flashed the players first, then turned over to the crowd and gave the royals who were sitting in the audience a little taste before security took her away. And the thing is, uh, as I mentioned, she was pretty hot. So if you look at the players' reactions, I have the picture right there, they don't really seem to mind. (laughs) They are all about it. So uh, she didn't really get into that much trouble at all, uh, which is the lesson is if you're going to streak, you just got to be really hot while doing it. Uh, and talk about best distraction ever. Well, you said it became Wimbledon's first streaker. So yep. has there been other streakers since? Yes, I'm sure there have been. But uh, this one just, you know, caught my She attention. really is hot. Yeah. Yeah. She killed it. It's like the best distraction. Like Julie loves tennis, so she probably drag me to one of these one day, and I'd be sitting there and fucking just bored shitless in the stands. Like, oh my god, this fucking tennis game is so boring. If only I could see some boobs instead. And then all of a sudden, like, din, 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 this total bay runs in and saves the day. I don't know. I just feel like uh, she should be running around I'm barefoot, like, though. Yeah, that that looks like it'd be hot, but you know, some people are into that. So I don't know. It makes me like tennis a little more. So, Julie, uh, if tennis is like this more often, then uh, let's let's go to a game. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, now into something a little sadder. We're going to go into the world of WWE, brother. 
but this isn't a WWE moment that we all liked to remember fondly. No, no, no. Because it's gay? No, because Owen Hart died in a WWE live event on May 23rd, 1999, brother. And that one still hurts my, my soul. Owen Hart died on May 23rd, 1999, due to injuries following an equipment malfunction that led to a fall from the top of the rafters of Kemper Arena in Kansas City, Missouri. During his in-ring entrance at WWF at the time, over the edge pay-per-view event. Now he was supposed to like fly down the top of the ramp uh, when the control device holding him snapped and he literally plummeted to his death and was like yelling like, watch out. And then just like hit basically his face hit the turnbuckle and uh, he didn't die on impact, but he died like a couple hours after. Uh, and everyone watches on TV. Yeah, this was live on pay per view. Oh my god! Uh, so, How many kids do you think were watching? Man, all these kids were like, "Yeah, oh, yeah. oh and heart, oh and heart." Nah, good. <laughs> and everyone's nah, like, good. "Oh no, no, it's part of the show. No, no, it's part. Of- just wait. No, it's it's just it's all." <laughs> yeah, he'll get up. Uh oh. Now, in the decades followed his death, much attention was focused on the harness that was used that night, because uh, especially because it had a quick release trigger and safety latches. Now, when someone's lowered from the rafters in a harness, there are these backup latches that must be latched for safety purposes in case something goes wrong. Now, four weeks after the event, the Hart family sued the WWF and now WWE over how dangerous and poorly planned the stunt was and that the harness system was defective. And over a year and a half into the case, a settlement was reached in uh, November 2nd, 2000, which saw WWF give the Hart family $18 million dollars. The manufacturer of the harness system is also defendant against the uh, in the Hart family, but they were dismissed from the case when the settlement was reached. Martha, who is Owen Hart's wife, uh, used millions of the settlement to establish the Owen Hart Foundation. So, What's the foundation do? Is it like for scholarships? Yes, they give scholarships and stuff to kids. It's uh, it's uh, pretty good stuff, and actually now it's uh, part of AEW. Uh, WWE's competition. So something good did come out of it, but uh, he died. He was 33 when he died. So very young. Super uh, young. Aren't you 33? I'm 34 now. So old as yeah, I know. fuck. I know. Wow. I know. We're about to. Um, you know it reminds me of. It's not on my list, but I remember uh, Oprah Winfrey had this like a uh, a show in like Sydney, her talk show. And I think that um, Sydney, that's Australia, right? Yeah. In Australia. Yeah. yeah. And Hugh Jackman um, was like on a zip line and it would just surprise her to like glide in or fly in. And I think that he hit like a camera or a light or something <laughs> and broke his nose. Do you remember that? No. Everyone was like, oh, here he comes. Here he comes. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Bro, I'm fine. Really no, bro. Bad. No, no, it's like bleeding. <laughs> Are you sure you want to cut the commercial? Oh, no, I'm fine. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. So next to my list, I mean, we all remember this. Super Bowl 2004. Do you remember when mm-hmm. uh, Justin Timberlake and Jan Jackson had a little wardrobe malfunction mm-hmm. i don't quite understand what exactly happened didn't so didn't he like pull like he pulled the top side they were dancing was like, beep, 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 beep. and then he uh pulled like the her little top sideways and then her like titty came out but it had a little star pasty they're blocking it and uh you know, everybody's like, oh, my God, her titties out. And I'm pretty sure, if you ask me, that it was part of the thing. Yeah. It's to be a little bit racy. But why, wear, why wear a pasty if exactly. you're not going to show exactly. it off? So then, then but people freaked out. They were like, oh, it's a wardrobe malfunction. Uh, we didn't know. It's <laughs> so, like, yes, you just wore pasties. I don't, I don't quite understand. But I didn't mind Janet's titty. It was people. I think I, that's that's kind of where it all started, where uh, people started getting really PC and bullshitty. And um, I'm not gonna lie, not to throw any stones, but I don't remember it being people on the left. I remember it being people on the right. 
Cancel that bitch. Cancel it. I didn't want my child to see that titty. <laughs> you know what? If someone's going to show him titties, it's going to be me. And then he flashes his titty. <laughs> it wasn't even the whole titty. It's just, it was just... It, was like, it wasn't the nip. It was more like side boob because when it has pasties, it looks more like side boob than anything. It doesn't look like a full boob. Jeez. It was like a big but star, that, too. They, but that, that really was the moment that I loved. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That I think was, that, uh, then after that, then they have like Paul McCartney do um, the halftime show and we're like, buzzkill. Yeah, but they'd be like, they were so that nervous. was a great show. I'm not going to lie. But they were like, no worries, you guys. There will be no titties at this one. <laughs> He just sat in the computer like fell asleep. Um, okay, so and so then Paul McCartney actually like came in and flashed his titty real quick. <laughs> <laughs> no one saw it. You just got to cut to it. And <laughs> but they were ready this time. There was a pizza ad, uh, Domino's Pizza, that flew out and just blacked the titty. So it was perfect. <laughs> so I think the following year, I, I forget what it was that they were hosting, but Kanye West. And Michael Myers were doing something. Was it for MTV? Yes. And um, it was uh, something for. Uh, it was. It was, no. it was no. It was like a like one of those thons, like like callathons for uh, Hurricane Katrina. Oh, that's what it was. So, um, I what did what did Kanye West said? He said. Uh, that President Bush didn't care about black people, exactly. and Michael Myers almost crapped his pants. Mark Myers was talking about like Hurricane Katrina has affected families uh, all around the country, and uh, unfortunately here, uh, people are really hurting. You guys, you know, so if you can really donate some money, uh, please call. You really would help someone have shelter and maybe some food tonight, and then. And then it cuts over to Kanye. George Bush don't care about black people. And then he just like stops. And then, and then it just pans out and it shows both of them. And Mike Myers is like. And then, and like and then awkward silence. Awkward not silence. Not too, not too long after that, Kanye West interrupted Taylor Swift's acceptance speech at the MTV Video Music Awards. And we thought, okay. Maybe this is a pattern for Kanye West's. Hmm, we'll keep an eye on him. And then fast nah. forward to present day. Ooh, he's crazy. <laughs> but everybody's still like, well, you know, maybe it'll get better. But it just doesn't <laughs> get better. Anyways. What do you have um, next on your list? Next on my list, we're going to go to a little event that was called the Malice at the Palace. On November 19th, 2004, which is when Ron Artest of the Indiana Pacers jumped into the stands to confront a Detroit Pistons fan who threw a drink on him as he was resting on the scorer's table. And this ignited what was known as the Mouse in the Palace, which is one of the most infamous moments in sports history. And basically, so there was the game at the Palace of Auburn Hills in suburban Detroit, and it was a rematch from the previous season's Eastern Conference Finals, which was expected to be physical. Now, with about 46 seconds left in the game, and Indiana had 497-82, Artest fouled Detroit's Ben Wallace, who then pushed Artest, leading players and coaches from teams to confront each other on the court. And to calm himself... Oh, yeah, the court. What, what sport is this? This is basketball. Oh. The one with balls. I, mean, I just assumed if balls. it was in the Midwest, it would have been hockey. <laughs> well, I guess, but I mean, I don't think. I guess, I guess, hockey is also known for its brawling, but I don't know. This was uh, not hockey. This was the one with balls, which also we should have added that to the case. Uh, sports being gay, a lot of them have balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah so many balls. Balls of all shapes and sizes. Lots of balls. Lots. Shape, different shapes, sizes, colors, mm-hmm. textures. All kinds of balls. Anyways. Some float, uh, with, some don't. <laughs> so to calm himself, Artest lay on the scores table, and that's when this fan threw a cup of beer, which just nailed him. So Artest looks around all pissed off, and he runs into the crowd, 
followed by his teammate, Steven Jackson, who is leading this just chaotic scene. And now our test and the Pacers, Jermaine O'Neal's then swung at two fans who rushed to the court. And obviously the remaining 45.9 seconds were never played. I will say our test who later changed his name to meta world peace. It's a true story. Uh, all, uh, later befriended the guy who threw the cup of beer on him and now they're pals apparently. So hmm. I guess the story had a happy ending after all. That is shitty though to throw a drink on someone. Yeah, why would you do that? Like, come on, guys. Especially like, I mean, like the did one place where maybe, yes, I'm sure he did, but he also got his ass kicked. So he got, <laughs> I'm sure you're getting that much trouble. <laughs> I do remember seeing it like on the highlights on ESPN and just being like, what the fuck? It was wild. It was very wild. I've never seen anything like that. Anyways, what do you got next? Let's see. Next up. Oh, I know a lot of these happen in Chicago, but it's just what I remember. Okay. So once upon a time, I was eating breakfast and this is in November, 2012. I'm getting ready to go to work and WGN channel nine, which is just like a local news station reported that an airplane had crashed uh, into this major street on the South side of Chicago. And they, they showed pictures where, like, a wing head broke off and skid down the road and hit a car. Um, so, I, so I was like, oh, my God, this is really scary. Like, did it just crash on its own? Or is this, like, another, like, 9-11? 9-11. Something or another. It was super scary. But then three minutes later, the station reported back that the crash was actually a scene being shot for the TV series Chicago Fire. Oh, uh, my the, God. The, um... News anchor guy was like, we are just getting word that this is being shot as part of a TV show. Uh, I think his name is Larry Potash. Potash? Potash? I don't know. Uh, and then it, the the other anchor woman was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> she's like, they might want to tell the folks that are doing this stuff and shutting down King Drive. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And she oh just kept saying God. that. And she was really upset about it. Oh but I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, it's, that's so true. Like if you're going to like shut down a street and have like, like true to life set pieces, you should probably tell like the local news stations that there's no room for alarm. Unless they did it on purpose, hoping that they can get shots of the news stations that adding to like the story, you know. But still- I was going to say, they probably did it on purpose to get publicity for the show. And they're like, oh my God, look at their shit. And then maybe now it's like, oh, it's filming for this TV show. Either it's on purpose it. or there's a PA in the unemployment line. Like, I knew there was something I forgot to do. <laughs> <laughs> but I brought you coffee. <laughs> yeah. Three pumps. Just like you like it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the next one that you have is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> do you remember, obviously, when Mariah Carey suffered her uh, lip sync failure during New Year's Eve on December 31st, 2016? What a way to bring in the new year. <laughs> so, Mariah Carey is known to be one of the most powerful voices in the game. There's no doubt about that. So you can imagine the debacle that occurred when it was discovered that she was lip-syncing during her New Year's Eve performance in Times Square in New York City. Now, performing live on ABC, Mariah struggled to recover after the wrong song appeared to start playing and she was, like, mouthing the wrong lyrics to the wrong goddamn song. She then, like, stopped singing and, like, started pacing the stage while kind of, like, doing, like, this to the mic. Like, hey, putting, like, <laughs> asking the fans to sing. And I guess she played it much better than the Ashley Simpson debacle that we covered at length here on the show. Uh, she just blamed it on everyone else and kept it moving. And since it is Mariah Carey and she had all those years of kicking ass and taking names musically, no one really gave her as much shit uh, in the months after. But Ashley Simpson, on the other hand, it just ended her. <laughs> well, Mariah Carey is like a record-breaking powerhouse. And Ashley yeah. Simpson is just someone's annoying sister. That's, That's true. Real. You know what I mean? Jessica! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Why won't they like me, Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> I want to be a famous singer just like my sister, Jessica. Jessica, I want to be like you. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Ashley was like, okay, note to self. If this happens again, no hoedown. <laughs> no hoedown. <laughs> do anything but the hoedown. <laughs> God damn it, Ashley. <laughs> She's sitting there doing do like a little training montage, showing her singing, <laughs> dancing. <laughs> and then she's about to start doing a hoedown. She's like, no, no. <laughs> Dude, do you remember when – Wendy Williams passed out on our show and she was dressed up like <laughs> Lady Liberty. No. Carlos, you don't remember. She was, it was a Halloween episode on the William, Wendy Williams show and she got like overheated and was dehydrated and she passed out on the air. She was like this. That is the funniest thing I have ever fell over. You never <laughs> saw that? No. Oh my God. Oh I'm going to send God. you a clip of it right now. I forget what she was doing, but then the night, then like, I guess paramedics came and after commercial break, she's like, "I'm fine, I'm fine." There's a lot of hot lights and whatever, and I'm overheated. Okay, so wow. let's see. Wendy, uh, Wendy Williams passing out. The first thing that pops up. That's convenient. Okay, so I'm gonna. S- <laughs> what what what? Okay, so I'm going to share this with you, and I want you to look at it. It's only like thirty seconds long. Okay. I just sent it over to your cell phone. There it is. Let's load it. Our first caress. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. She's going down. Oh, God. She's. Oh! Oh! <laughs> Oh my god, that was crazy, dude. <laughs> she looked like she was in a horror film. That was terrifying. Party shows like if if these uh, shows are uh, recorded in advance, they couldn't cut that out. They're not live. Are they live? Because only film like No, they definitely filmed that. In advance. Yeah, they definitely filmed that earlier, but at the same time, she probably wanted the sympathy. It's like, no, leave it on. They'll like me. Don't and then she people. mentioned Graves' disease, and we see that at work sometimes. This is when people's eyes bulge out. And I was like, okay, so you have bulging eyes. Why yeah, are she, you? She looked like she saw, like it was like the conjuring too. And she yeah. saw some shit. She said, oh, no. <gasps> she saw her grandma's ghost like, pointing at her like, I knew you stole my cookies. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Man, good thing she was wearing that lady uh, Liberty helmet. Yeah, that, that probably helped that. break the impact, you know? Mm-hmm. For Yikes. sure. So tell Yikes. me about this Yikes. this festival. Oh Lord. Do you remember the fire festival? Yes. Oh my god, <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> now, you know it's gonna be bad when it's uh hosted by rapper Ja Rule and some uh white dude named Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Billy McFarlane. Yeah, Billy McFarlane. Uh, he was uh, basically this con artist who I believe is currently still in jail after this. Uh, and it was created by him and Ja Rule in an intent to promote this music town booking app for their company, Fire Media. Now, the festival was scheduled to take place between April 28th and 30th and May 5th and 7th, 2017 on the Bahamian island of Great Exuma, where supposedly Pablo Escobar uh, would hide his shed, but it wasn't really there. It was like down, down, down the street. <laughs> <laughs> now, the event was promoted on Instagram by social media influencers and models, including Kendall Jenner, Bella Hadid, uh, Haley Baldwin, and Emily Radakowski. Man, nailed that. Many of whom did not initially disclose that they had been paid to do so. Uh, during the so I created this like organic buzz where it's like, oh my god, these girls are just hanging out there. We gotta buy tickets. Uh, during the fire festival's inaugural weekend, the event experienced crazy problems related to security, food, accommodations, medical services, and artist relations, resulting 
in the festival being postponed indefinitely and eventually canceled. Uh, however, people were already there. And instead of getting luxury villas and gourmet meals for which they had paid hundreds and thousands of dollars for it, uh, they received little uh, like boxed plain cheese sandwiches <laughs> and, and these like FEMA UN like uh, refugee tents as their hotels. And there were not enough of them. So people had to like fight for them. And it's like this whole fucking thing. And there were no flights home. Uh, there were supposed to be in like, these like luxury flights, and it was like Spirit Airlines. <laughs> it was not good. Uh, in March 2018, McFarland pleaded guilty to one count of wire fraud to defraud investors and ticket holders, and a second count to defraud a ticket vendor that occurred while out on bail. And then later that year, he was sentenced to six years in prison and ordered to forfeit $26 million. And the organizers became subjects of at least eight lawsuits, several seeking class auction lawsuits, and one seeking more than $100 million in damages. And the cases accused the organizers of defrauding ticket buyers. Uh, there have, of course, have been two very famous documentaries about it that you guys can check it out. Hulu's Fire Fraud and Nexus and Netflix uh, Fire, the greatest party that never happened. And it was also subject to an episode of CNBC series American Greed in 2019, an episode of the ABC series The Con in 2021. So a lot of good stuff out there on it that you can check out. Which is the documentary where the, where the guy was talking about sucking dick? Uh, that's the one on Netflix, I'm pretty sure. Uh, like I was there, and I was totally prepared to suck that dick for water. And I was going to get it. I was going to do a good job for my balls. <laughs> I was going to lick the shaft, lick the balls, and I was going to get that water. <laughs> um. Okay, so I don't have a whole lot left, but... Um, I just think these are pretty funny that stand out to me. So uh, in 2018, the White House Correspondents' Dinner speech to me was infamous. And they didn't yes. cut it out. It was 19 minutes long of uh, Michelle Wolf just tearing everyone a new one. Uh, so and Trump didn't go, of course, because he was like, can't take a joke about himself. So I know what a loser. Yeah, it's like everybody goes. Literally every president goes and they get shit on by a comedian and it's a good time. And then they get on there and shit on people back. But, you know, Mr. Funny Pants, uh, who calls everybody snowflakes, got a little triggered. <laughs> I know. And um, I, I think that I think she is the reason why comics will never be allowed to speak at these dinners again. Um, so it doesn't look so great for us, oh, Michelle. But um, uh, she's, she said, here, here's two quotes. The first one that she made was, I'm here to make jokes. I have no agenda. I'm not trying to get anything accomplished. So everyone who's here from Congress, you should feel right at home. <laughs> and then later on, she said, what would I do without Megan Kelly? Mm, probably be more proud of women. She was that is just like the tip of the iceberg. She she really went in. um, She talked about abortion and all the rich, privileged white guys who are against abortion, but not when it's revolving their mistresses. Do you know what I mean? Like she really love her. Um, Love her. What else? We okay. So then also speaking of politics in twenty twenty. I just thought it was brilliant that a fly landed on Michael Pence's head. My God, that was the most famous fly in the history of flies. I think. When like, I think literally. of him, I think of this moment. Mm-hmm. And and it's like you have all those people in your team, and there's no one like signaling him, like, "Hey, Mikey, Psst. Mikey, come Like not one person. Come on. And how much hairspray are you wearing that that fly is that attracted to it that he had an entire like two hour conversation and that thing had nowhere better to go? It was. I like, think he probably rode a horse there. to the debate <laughs> and it smelled like horse. Yeah, he smelled like horse manure, and the fly was like, "Wow, I feel right you know at home here." 
if I if I was an American voter, I would vote for this man because he smells like <laughs> shit. He smells like <laughs> pure horse shit. And I like that. <laughs> Flies for 2020 pence. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever something stinks in my parents' house, my dad says the same thing he always says. Smells like old goddamn horse pussy. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and my mom was like, Michael, I don't know why he says that. I think it's so funny. Say, well, I had to raise the old horses in the farm and I smell the pussy or two. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the last one, I would rather you bring it up because I I think that you probably would describe it better. But oh, we all know that we're not huge fans of Rudy Giuliani and seeing him on at this press conference sweating profusely with his hair dye dripping down his face. Like you couldn't write this stuff. It, it is ex- exactly what I expected to happen to a fugly troll bitch. And literally he's sitting there doing this speech this is in November 2020. So probably something to do with the election. It's like, oh, it was like stolen from us, blah, blah, blah. And hair dye. He's just dripping down with sweat, down his face with his mess. And he looked like and the, the cameras were on like very close to it too. So he just looked like the Wicked Witch from the fucking West. <laughs> with just like all this makeup smearing down his face. So was the hair dye that just like sprayed on and washed out, or did he just like just get his hair dyed and? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't think like, like how? I, I feel like he was using hair dye from like 1992. That's the only explanation. Yeah, that I can, because I don't think that hair dye is that bad, is it? And like, how much do you have no. to sweat for it to leak out that shitty? So I think he just like decided to uh, like spend like six dollars on hair dye. <laughs> Maybe it was spray paint. Maybe. Absolutely. Uh, definitely use something cheap and uh, you get what you pay for, Rudy. You get what you pay for. And it's like instead of instead of going to this salon, I found this here shoe polish. I smell yeah. it. I'll the save man- thousands. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> I'm a genius, Rudy. I am a genius. And if you and if you really like uh, didn't want to look crazy presenting this case and these wild election fraud accusations, uh, you add some smeared, sweaty hairspray leaking out of you, and dude, you just lost anybody that would ever. <laughs> Man, what a hot mess. But then I'm not sure if it came before or after, but do you remember when he um organized a press conference at the Four Seasons, but it wasn't the hotel, yes. it was a um the landscape like the company. landscaping the four company. seasons landscaping <laughs> company. So he was just on a roll as being like probably the worst presidential attorney ever, which is crazy because he was uh he, he was America's mayor after 9-11, you know. So what a fall from grace. And now he's barred from practicing law, uh, at least in New York, because of all the bullshit that he was spewing about the election. Oh. Literally, the bar had enough of his bullshit. And he's like, no, I should be allowed to practice law. And like, dude, you lied about the worst things possible. Uh, and, you, you know, you did it knowingly and willingly. The so, Borat movie didn't help his it. reputation either. Oh, God, the Borat uh, movie. Don't forget about that. That is so funny. And, like, what a fucking idiot. And what a creep, too. Oh. He looks so creepy. And you know there's no way that he could play off that he, like, thought he knew anything was going on. He was just a total creep. But then somehow they put him on that show, uh, The Masked Singer, whatever it was. He just like popped out like, hello, it's me, Rudy. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> Why well, are you on this that. show? <laughs> yeah, so, so dude. This one of the mass singers? Yeah, he was this was like pretty recently. And uh Ken Jung, who is the doctor and uh, and uh knocked up. Um he's he was also in and, um, uh the the hangover movies. Hangover, yeah, guy from that. Uh, he literally walked off. He's like, what the fuck? Like, fuck this. And he like would not come back on for like the longest time. And yeah, he just, he just revealed his face. Like, Hey, it's me, Rudy. 
<laughs> What's up, guys? I'm back. Do you love me again? Uh, <laughs> and no one fucking. I'm gonna Google that when we get like, off the air. <laughs> like what a what fucking jaggaloon! Like how? And who thought that this would be a good idea? I mean, I'm pretty sure that shows on Fox. So you know. <laughs> like, don't worry, Rudy. They'll love you. <laughs> Well, I'm sure that anti-vaxxer Jenny McCarthy was like, Oh my god! Oh my god! I love him! <laughs> I love him! I didn't know he could do it all! He's a... No! America's mayor's back! <laughs> Yikes. I need to love her, worry. but... So, so listeners, what did we forget? Is there anything that you'd like to add to our list? Yes, let us know. I'm sure there's been a lot of shit shows, a lot of train wrecks, a lot of hair dyes gone wrong by Rudy Giuliani that we don't know about. So let us know. Uh, shoot us a message at Frat Chat Podcast on all social channels. That's on Facebook. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. Make sure you give me a follow at Carlos Does the World on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, and at Carlos Does World on Twitter. And I'm a good buddy, Simo, at Chris.Moore.Comedy on the good old Instagram, and at Comedy on Twitter. Oh, yeah. So, Mr. Mo, you swallow that. Yeah, you swallow. Swallow that. We're going to Gatorade. Yeah, sure. Totally. I keep it by my bed, and every every morning when Osmario leaves, he leaves me a deposit. <laughs> <laughs> That's called recycling. All right, it's called recycling. Protein. <laughs> <laughs> On that disgusting note, get us out of here, Mr. Mouse. I motion to adjourn this meeting live on the air. And a second, and we're gonna open. Uh, we're gonna open this right here, and we're gonna reveal Al Capone's safe. And there's nothing in it at all. Oh. Cut to commercial. Cut to commercial, Timmy. We'll be back next week. See ya. Ciao. <laughs>